For the first time in Patrick LeVon Mahomes' career, the Chiefs are going on the road for a playoff game. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome to a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in Possible here at KC Sports Network. Uh, on day one for us here at KCSN, it's been great working with them since its inception. It's been great working with my two pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane. Hi. Hello, bud. Um, I think we're due for another Twitter handle change just to confuse you. I think I need to put you through that ringer yet again. You've got this one down completely, uh, Pat. So we need to we need to change that up. So uh, to throw a curveball at you, and I mean, realistically, here we are. We're sitting here. We all just got done watching the Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know who the Chiefs are playing. We know when the Chiefs are playing next week. I, everything's locked and loaded. We're all ready. We're, we're ready to see how this plays out now, Craig. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it, it was a nice, chill couple of days of watching football, knowing that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to play whoever they were and having some semblance of confidence that it's not really going to matter who they're playing. And, you know, of course, you get to this point in the season, you got four teams left in the AFC. They're all going to be good. It, it is very rare that you end up with a team at this point that doesn't deserve to be there. But, um, yeah, I'm ready. After watching the Buffalo Bills, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, and I think we were all rooting for, uh, you know, we were rooting for the the Steelers to pull that one off just so that Chiefs could, you know, maybe get another home game or another home game. You know, that would have been nice, uh, create a little chaos there. Um, but what looked like was going to be a blowout by the Buffalo Bills got extremely interesting. The Bills were forced to play 60 minutes of football when it looked like they may not have to. They might get they might get to pull some starters. Uh they they had a battle-tested game. It went not down to the wire, but they had to close that game out late. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-17 after going up 21-nothing early after some really horrendous miscues from, from Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, and, and the, and the bills survive after, you know, a little bit of a comeback from the Steelers. So, um, here we are. Chiefs will be traveling to Orchard Park. They will be playing the Buffalo Bills in what should feel like Miami weather compared to what they just endured here at Arrowhead just a couple nights ago, Maddie. Yeah, I mean, I kind of regardless of what I guess Buffalo's weather sends out there, that that'll be a nice change of pace, and then we get what was becoming a classic playoff matchup year in and year out until essentially last year we get the Chiefs Bills matchup, and this you know not always, but like it, it was a big deal every single year leading up to that point. You had the the Bills who were on the rise trying to get over the hump versus the team that was kind of at the top of the Chiefs. It's been a couple of years since we've gotten that in the playoffs, so it's. It's nice that that's going to be coming back around now. It is a fun matchup between two very fun teams with the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. It is always a super fun game to watch no matter when it plays. So like as a fan of football, this is great. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I didn't that I wanted the Bills to win. I'm not happy the Chiefs have to go play the Bills in Buffalo. I I, I don't quite wrap my head around that. I would much rather have the easier matchup and get to have the Chiefs play at home 
that said, it's not it's not an unwinnable game, and it should be a fun one to watch with better weather than what the Chiefs just had to endure against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I mean it, the the weather part of this, you know, at this point, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's going to be cold. It, it, you're playing January football. This is what playoff football looks like. I, you know, I, the weather part of this doesn't really matter unless it snows again, and then the city of Buffalo might shut down. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, you know they'll wait till there's good weather to play. That's, yeah, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> but no, I um, I, I did think it was very interesting. Uh, Bills did not escape this one without some attrition. Um, their their linebacking core was already you know taking a massive blow with not having Matt Milano there, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. They lose Terrell Bernard, a guy that had stepped up and played pretty well. And Milano's absence as well. They lose him. He was carted off and air casted. Like not, it, not a good sign for them. I, I will tell you, Craig, some yeah. early indications from uh from reports. X-rays were negative. Good for him. Yeah, that's good. Um X-rays are negative for him. Um they believe it's an ankle sprain. Obviously, with how he exited, you would still think it's probably a long shot that he plays, but there are uh, Early returns seem to be positive for uh, for Terrell Bernard early. Anyways, please continue. Yeah, no, that, that that's good to hear. I hadn't heard that part of it, so that that's really good to hear. But they they got a little beat up, and for sure. That, that's that's one of those that on a short rest week for them, which again Monday to Sunday isn't isn't brutal by any means. Teams do this all the time, but the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have two days of a rest advantage over the Buffalo Bills. I watched that game. I watched them get banged up. I watched the way that Kansas City was able to kind of keep everybody healthy, take their foot off the gas a little bit with some of the stuff that they were doing. I just think that the Chiefs, obviously the two days of rest matter way more than the weather does. But I I think that just even if they were playing on the same day, I think the Chiefs would have come out ahead from an injury standpoint from the way that uh, they came out of that game. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at some of the early injury indications, you know, uh, Balen Spector got hurt. Uh, Christian Benford got hurt. Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott says there will, will be consideration uh, consideration regarding bringing in a new punter this week because Sam Martin pulled a hammy on uh, on his field goal. Like, they, they endured a lot of injuries. Uh, in, in, in Here's another report. Terrell Bernard crutches and walking boot in the locker room. So I, I still have a hard time believing that he is going to uh going to be able to play. Um the injury list. Here's here's the full injury list for for the for the Bills. Terrell Bernard had an ankle. Teron Johnson actually left that game with a head injury. Connor McGovern had to exit the game for at least a little while. I don't know if he came back in with an abdomen injury. Stephon Diggs got hurt up hurt with an abdomen in, injury. Christian Benford knee. Balen Spector back. Leonard Floyd's shoulder. Micah Hyde, right shin. You saw him get rolled up on a little bit. And then Sam Martin with the hamstring. That is a lot of injuries that they just endured. And, you know, it. look, I there's two lines of thinking, right? Like, obviously, Monday to Sunday turnaround isn't the, isn't the toughest, right? You know, there are, you know, it, this game had gotten moved another day. That could have been much more, you know, difficult for this team to try to navigate. But at the same time, recovery from an ice game like that also might you know a, a really cold day like that i would much prefer to be in the Chiefs situation have those two extra days because you know rest edge is something that you know there are some statistical belief matters and the chiefs have a significant rest advantage when it comes to this game yeah i mean i 
it's not like a bye week or anything like that, but the Chiefs will have a couple extra days after they were resting some starters the week before. Like The Chiefs very much so will be a lot more rest. Their starters will be a little bit fresher. Their starters should not be quite as banged up as what the Bills are, especially when you are going through the entire injury list and you consider Dave Davis couldn't play, Rapp couldn't play, Rasul Douglas couldn't play. Like They were already missing significant pieces. They suffered more in the game. It's a six-day turnaround for them. Again, not the worst. It, it's completely doable. Teams do it every single, you know, a team does it or two teams do it every single week during the regular season. So it's not the end of the world. But I think when you expand it beyond that, it's something that Kent likes to talk about a lot. The Bills have been in must-win games. They've been in the playoffs for going on, what, six weeks now, seven weeks now. They've had to play every game, can't lose it all the way up until now. I, I don't know if that means quite. I don't know if I'm buying into that as them being fried as much as I think Kit does. I, I just think that they do have guys that are getting banged up. Guys are playing through absolutely everything they can right now. So when you see guys that can't go one week or that have to leave a game that get close, that matters. You should be fresher. The Chiefs should have, you know, have their legs under them a little bit more. The Chiefs are coming off of one of their best performances in, in a while, right? So the Chiefs should be feeling pretty good, riding kind of high where they are. They do have to go to Buffalo play a very good team, play a team that a lot of people have picked to be the AFC's representative in the Super Bowl. So it's not an easy matchup by any stretch, but there is some things about this, you know, this particular matchup that do favor the Chiefs that are not part of home field advantage. Absolutely. And I think that you see that in the way that our pals at DraftKings have uh, positioned the line. It's minus two and a half Buffalo. That means that Buffalo is favored right now. I'll be curious to see how much that moves over the next 24 hours here. One of those that I could see get bet down a little bit more, you know, favoring the Chiefs. They're they're trying to obviously figure out where the smart money is, where when they could get, you know, about 50-50 money on stuff. And right now it just seems like maybe this is a little bit of a tease and it's going to get bet down a little bit. I, I do think that there is something to be said for we have to win. We, it's a win and in scenario that you played in for six, seven weeks, basically, and then you undergo a game getting shifted, and then you undergo some injuries, and you jump out to a big lead, and a team kind of claws their way back into it, and you have to go pretty much full out for 58 of the 60 minutes that you played in that game, whereas the Kansas City Chiefs, they got to take the foot off the gas in that game. So, it, it, there's a number of things we're going to get into, you know, the schematic stuff. We're going to get into all the breakdown stuff a little bit later this week, but it, it obviously we couldn't get through this podcast, this specific one, you know, without having some conversation about this matchup that just perpetually seems to occur in the playoffs now. And the chiefs just continually win it. Uh, yeah. And by the I mean, the, the Bills have been playing for their playoff lives essentially since the last time that these two teams lined up. And there was a 5% win per or chance that they were going to win their division when the Chiefs or when they rolled into Arrowhead at 6 and 6. They had very low likelihood that they were even going to win their division. And if they don't win their division this year, they're not in the playoffs right now. That's what people don't realize. Like they had to win their division to make the playoffs. They were fighting for their playoff lives. And so they've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I have a couple other thoughts real quick about the Bills, but we're going to do that right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. 
kcsn.substack.com. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your New Year's resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your doorstep. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping, so all you'll have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. HelloFresh can make cooking with your family fun, easy, and simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree and use code KCSNFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so I, I wanted to bring this up before we moved on too far either. Uh, because and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some of this. Obviously, like the in-depth breakdown for this game is going to come later in the week. But, you know, I think there is a couple other interesting things that are worth mentioning about the last time that these two teams played. Obviously, there is the infamous off, you know, uh, illegal formation or uh, neutral zone infraction, whatever you want to call whatever Kadarius Tony got called for uh, that had no impact on the play. Um, <laughs> but I here's another fun thing I think is kind of interesting. Uh, this is from Jody Newsom. She quote tweeted and just reminded everybody of the inactives that, that she's had the last time that these two teams played. Isaiah Pacheco. Drew Tranquil, Donovan Smith, all did not play in that game. Uh, and obviously, you know, Donovan Smith, I think, had a pretty solid performance this week. I know the, the challenge was not uh, maybe as <laughs> strong as it was against the Bills. But the Chiefs had a, they had some 
key players out, and they're going to enter this game in Buffalo healthy. I'm trying to think of any, like, Brian Cook is, like, the big loss that they've, they, yeah. they've endured, and outside of that, they're they're in pretty good shape health-wise. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are... The Chiefs definitely are getting back more help from that game than the Bills are going to be getting back from what they were missing that game or from what they've lost since. The Chiefs theoretically should be the healthier team that should have more answers in terms of players that are getting added to the field, to the roster from that game till now to fix the woes that they had. Um, It was also Nick Bolton's first game back from coming on EIR. You know, hopefully there was some getting legs under him. He played a lot better against the Dolphins this past week than he did in that first matchup back against the Bills, which is to be expected, right? So if you get a completely different Nick Bolton, you don't lose Drew Tranquil in the first play. You have Isaiah Pacheco. You get better play from your left tackle. Although I think Wanya Morris was was fine in that game. I don't think that's what that was not like a big gap, you know, game there. So yeah, there there is reason to hope that just you know kind of having guys back for this Chiefs team will be better. And then like there's always the addition by subtraction uh, in the wide receiver room. So like th- they shouldn't be better than they were that week versus the Bills. The thing is, and we're gonna talk about it later, but like, it still feels like the Chiefs have to play a better game than the Bills to win. This is not like in years past where you feel like if these two teams play equal level games that the Chiefs are definitely gonna win. That's been the case every other year. If they both play an A game, the Chiefs are gonna win. I don't know if that's the feeling this time. If both these teams come out and play A games, I, I don't know if that means the Chiefs win for sure. So like they do need to outplay the Bills. They should be in better position than the Bills are from everything not related to the 60 minutes of football. But once that whistle starts, can they outplay the Bills on the field? We, we, we're going to see. And we're going to talk about that later this week as well. Yeah, I also find it interesting. Josh Allen took care of the ball today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, if that's the case, he might gift the Kansas City Chiefs a couple. I also don't think that Josh Allen's going to be trying the fake slide with the Chiefs secondary bearing down on them. That that's not going to happen. Huh. Justin Reed might end him <laughs> if, if that happens. That was so, what well, ridiculous. And then I I think the slide call. You know, Josh Allen is like I I'm a big Josh Allen fan. He is the biggest flopper at the quarterback position in the National Football League. It's not even close. He was begging for the call before he even finished, you know, his head bouncing off of the ground. Okay. So and- I, I, he, I agree with that. He's a flopper. I also agree that he fake slid to run for a 52 yard or whatever it was touchdown. Okay. That said the way Patrick Mahomes runs and it's not on purpose, but just the way he runs also causes nonstop fake slide or fake run out of bounds opportunities because he runs so goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's, he's got short strides. Because he's like, it's like he's walk, he's he's leading with his feet and he's like leaned back a little bit. Yes, yeah. He gets so many extra yards from defenders stopping their play <laughs> in the field and him continuing than any other quarterback. So like, I, while I'm jesting about the fake slide, it 100 was like you know it, whatever. Go ahead and do it. The Chiefs have benefited not from a fake slide, but a same you know same result with Mahomes, who has the weird run that confuses defenders every time in the open. It's I wild. just want to say, Josh Allen has not had a game, there are back-to-back games this year, that he hasn't turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. So, that, keep an eye out for that. That is something we're going to talk a lot about. The Chiefs can't commit turnovers. The Steelers did today. That was why they weren't in that game early. Chiefs can't do it, obviously. But well, Buffalo may not play perfect this coming Sunday. It's one of those, again... Josh Allen's a little bit of a roller coaster. 
think one of the dirty secrets about this uh, this winning streak for the Bills is they haven't played perfect. They haven't played great. Even like I mean, they've they've had some close calls against some bad football teams too during this stretch too. Uh, and like I mean, the Steelers they throw they throw a pick in the end zone. Kair Elam makes the play of his life. And actually, I'm not even sure Kair Elam saw the ball. If you go and watch a pylon view, it's like you're not even sure Kaim actually really saw the football entirely. Um, you know, they the, the 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 Steelers made a ton of mistakes in that game. And they were still it was still a one score game in the fourth quarter. Like I I don't know. It was they With Mason Rudolph. They fumbled they fumbled in, in Bill's territory. It, was, it wasn't that close. Did they they, they cut it to one score. They did. They, they, it wasn't. They, it was not that close. But it but wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was a. It was a tougher game than it looked like it was going to be. It was Correct. not. It no. was not that tight. And I also want to say I. I said Rasul Douglas earlier. Um. In, in this podcast, missed this game, which he did. He's told uh, Tim Graham. Uh. By Tim Graham on Twitter in the locker room afterwards, said he thought he was healthy enough to play, and that he felt the Bills held him out. He plans on playing next week versus the Chiefs. This isn't like a complete game changer, but their cornerback room is very thin. Getting Rasul Douglas, who they traded for because their cornerback room was very thin, is big. He's a good corner that's made good plays for them. So it does sound like he will be healthy. We talk a lot about the rest. Like, hey, the Bills might have been anticipating beating the Steelers and kind of getting ready for this Chiefs game too. Like, we can't completely rule that out. So, you know, it's a tight game versus the Steelers, but like this wasn't like a nail biter. No, it wasn't, but they had to play 50 minutes of football. 55. You know, which was good to see. I mean, that 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 helps. That helps as the Chiefs are trying to get kind of get ready for this game. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about this one. I think it's a great place. It's a great story. Uh, it's a great place for Mahomes' first first you know road playoff game. I think it's a great story. The last playoff game between these two was the 13 seconds game. It's it's hard to believe that, right? Yeah. It's hard to believe that, but it was. Uh, I, I just find that I find that kind of crazy. It just feels like they've played playoff games before. It's just that every time the Chiefs and Bills play, it's an important game. So uh, yeah, let's move on. You guys want to talk a little okay. bit about what we saw in this uh, in this Chiefs Dolphins game a little bit more because you know obviously sure. I think part of the reason we're all feeling you know good and and the vibes are pretty high about the outlook of this team is because I think the Chiefs did some really good things against the Dolphins. Now it was you know. It, Dolphins are beat up and, you know, you want to take some of that with a grain of salt because there was the pass rush was non-existent for the Dolphins uh, and the Bills might be able to get home with four. Uh, They're going to be able to get home with four a lot better than Dolphins did. That's for sure. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. My vibes, the vibes are still really high for me out of that game and make me feel that everything is in front of this team, you know, the way we hoped it was in August. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it. This was one of the Chiefs' most complete games of the year, if not of the year. Like, defensively and offensively, they played very good. I know there's some stuff that leaves a bad taste in our mouth offense, on the offensive side. So, like, we can start there real quick, too. Like, the offensive yeah. side, there's some stuff that leaves a bad taste in your mouth coming from that game. They left a ton of points on the field yet again because they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. I, I think there's some reasons that we can talk to why the red zone offense may have struggled in that game, however, it struggled all year, right? It's like we can't pretend like they, they're only, you know, the the field. Here's the big thing. One side of the field was very bad. Neither team scored a touchdown on that side of the field. It looked like the Chiefs were particularly conservative when they were going into that side of the field, which they apparently were every time they had the ball in the red zone almost, right? 
And so they were playing a little conservatively on that side of the field. They don't get to put any points on the board. That stinks. They've had this trouble all year long. It's like that. You file that in the back of your head as a little bit of an issue going forward. But here's the good news. The Chiefs had 406 total yards in this game on offense. That's their most in a game since week seven against the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. If it looked better, it's because it was. It looked better because it was a lot better. Oh, and by the way, that includes the three deep shots to McCool Hardman, which were all very catchable, that probably put points on the board, definitely add extra yards. A couple Travis Kelsey drops in there that could have, you know, added extra stuff. Like they left a lot on the field. And again, they have all year. Don't get me wrong. But like it just it looked better. Everything looked cleaner. Yes. All the misses were a lot closer. They weren't constantly shooting themselves in the foot. So like I, there's stuff to be happy about. Maddie, I think you said it best, and I think it was during the post game. Maybe it was just with us talking. But of course, every, every, <laughs> never mind. We're gonna take a break. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you said something to the effect of everything in between the mistakes that this team has made all season looked so much better. Like, I think that's such a great way of putting it. There were still a ton of mistakes that this team put up together. You still had the bingo card. You still checked every box of every way, you know, something could go wrong. But everything in between that just looked way, way, way better across the board. And that's, I think that was a really good way that you put it. So there's a compliment to you. There's your first for the year and maybe the only. <laughs> no, I, I do want to touch on a couple super chats real quick here. First one. From Andrew Lee, thank you, sir. We worried about Tucker wearing Bill's gear in the post-game show and now playing against Buffalo. True? No, no, not at all. That's Casey Buffalo Company, proud sponsor of Casey Sports Network. So, no, they're good people out there. Sticking with the offense here, Shane Falco, big, big thank you for the super chat here. Saying red zone success will be key, as we just talked about here, but even better would be to actually be able to score touchdowns outside the 20, feel like we need to connect one or two over the top to win. That was the thing that I think has been the most positive, not just this week, but over the past couple of weeks. You're absolutely right, Shane. you got to hit on those opportunities when you get them because defensive coordinators, as we've been saying all year long, are not respecting them. They don't care about them because... It's MVS and McCole Hardman that are going on these deep shots, and frankly, they're not making them pay. Now, I am curious to see if the Buffalo Bills try and change things up a little bit because Kansas City Chiefs over the past two weeks have thrown arguably more deep shots. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I should have pulled them. It's definitely more deep shots than they probably had thrown in the previous five games, if not more yeah. than that in oh, the past two. Like, it's... It's one of those that I look at, and I'm, this is a concerted effort by this offense to get the ball vertical, to try and open up space for Travis Kelsey, to try and open up space for Isaiah Pacheco, the lighter boxes and stuff like that. Try and make some of these bubbles, these slants with Rasheed Rice, give him space to you know kind of run and really deliver the hammer in the secondary. That's the focus here. So yes, it would be nice to get one of those, even a 22-yard bomb down the sideline for a touchdown just outside the red zone will be awesome just to kick another safety out of the box. But I love that they're trying. I love that there is a focus on it. And while we may be very frustrated with McCole Hardman quitting on so many different plays, he's the only guy that's actually getting separation over the top. And that sucks. You got to keep trotting him out there. You got to keep doing that. Even though you know... Probably not going to go in a positive way for you. 
you hit on one, like literally just one. And now all of a sudden defenses are going to play you way different. I want to talk more about that. There's a lot of discussion, discourse, debate to be had about that. We're going to take a break real quick and tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL uh, and the NFL playoffs, and they're bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Early lines are the Chiefs are underdogs going into Buffalo. I believe the Lions around 2.5 as we currently sit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Dot org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Guys, we talked a little bit about uh, the players that were absent the last time that these two teams played, and we talked about the inactive list. But there was also one other player that Craig was just mentioning that was on the IR the last time that these two teams played, and that's McCole Hardman. And we kind of had this conversation. We've been having this conversation the last couple of days, you know, between us and the DMs and in our group chats and all that kind of stuff. Just about, you know, the impact of McCole Hardman, the vertical threat, the impact of throwing the ball down the field. And, you know, I I think I might have said it in the post game. I don't remember if I did, but I think they got to keep going at it. I think they kind of they kind of got to keep trying. They kind of got to keep throwing a few of those down the field because you're absolutely right. There's the best way to solve your red zone ailment is to just score outside the red zone. Shane Falco was 100% right. Just get, you know, score outside the red zone. And the Chiefs were real close in that game and to to bust a couple over. And I don't know if the game plan will be the same for the Bills the way it was Miami. I don't know if what the Chiefs put on tape and the risk of that happening is enough to scare those teams either. You know, because I know that there's been some inconsistencies, but if you are a coach who is worried about getting beat deep who can maybe explain away just some of the slight inconsistencies on the horrendous weather on you know the lights I know they haven't really hit as many in recent memory but they've shown an ability to maybe hit some of those in the last couple weeks I don't know I think either I I, I, they got to keep trying they got to keep going to McColl I think McColl should still be part of this rotation moving forward and be part of the offense the way he was the last week. Yes, because at some point in time, you do have to hit it. It's just there's a difference between getting open every now and then and dropping a very easily, very catchable football like MVS does compared to just not trying. There's a big difference in those two things. And I get it. Maybe he didn't see the ball in the first one. And the second one, he thought he was held. 
but like the optics, and this is not a one year, one game sample size from a Cole Hardman. This is a five year sample size, right? There's a five year sample size of him giving up on routes, stop running too early of a guy that just can't adjust to a football. He's a very unnatural receiver in terms of running vertically and tracking a football over his shoulder. He doesn't get side to side. He doesn't track it well. He doesn't see it well. There's a lot that goes into it. But the effort, I think, is the bigger issue. I don't need him to dive. I just need him to not stop, right? That's what you need him to not stop is a good start. So here's the thing. If you're going to stop on these routes as consistently as he was in that game, I don't know how you do it once and then do it again and again. That blows my mind. I think on one hand, you have to keep throwing to him because he's the only guy getting open downfield. His speed allows him to just run by guys. MBS can't just outpace anybody anymore. He gets a long stride. He has to attack leverage. Maybe it's usually on a safety. It's usually splitting safeties. It's not just dusting corners anymore like McCall Hardman can do. He gets open. I think you have to keep him in for that reason. He's the guy that does it. He's the one player on the team that maybe pushes teams back into too high shells so they don't keep adding extra guys down underneath the defend. Kelsey, the defender, she writes the things that you actually want to do. McCall Hardman gives you that thing, that level of your offense. You just got to try. And that is the most frustrating part is the effort on some of it. And when I say try, I don't mean like, I mean, finding the football. I mean, you have to be able to look over your shoulder, see a football and start to go towards it. And we're just not getting it. Now, here's the good news. Buffalo Bills, late afternoon, a lot easier to catch a football there than it is in Kansas City at night. For some reason, Arrowhead at night is the worst place in all of NFL to catch a football. Nobody knows why you can guess the lights. You can guess the red on the night sky. I don't know. Nighttime at Arrowhead apparently is really bad with the only place and time slot of being over 10% in terms of drop rate in the NFL. The Bills, actually, I think they a late afternoon game in Buffalo had enough data to make the chart, but everything else is pretty much the mean. They're pretty much right on average of everything else, which sits between 6 and 7%. Hey, there's hope. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, said to go thirty percent decline in drop rate. You know, whatever. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go that far because it's been how many years? Five years now of watching this. Um, it, I can't remember who said it in the KCSN Discord, but we got one over here from Nate Dog. Imagine B enemy talking to Cole Saturday. I can imagine it because he did it for four. Like he did, and it never really improved. Like you never saw him take that next step and do that. And honestly, like again, we we've talked about this for the past couple of weeks. The bar is so low with some of those sorts of things that if McCole catches one of <laughs> long bombs, we are doing backflips. We are celebrating like that. that that's it. It but just you gotta quit promising us backflips, Craig. Yeah, you 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 you've been writing checks. Your body cannot cash. I, well, I, the Chiefs' offense isn't making me cash them, so I'm gonna keep writing those checks, getting by for free right now. No, it, it's one of those that I just I need to see it happen, uh, not just for you know the offensive potency sake, but so Travis Kelsey isn't gonna have somebody you know basically on his back all game long so that Rasheed Rice has room to run so that Andy Reid can get into some of the concepts that made this offense so dangerous last year when they were being so efficient in the intermediate areas of the field. 
it was because defenses were still trying to respect the deep ball a little bit more. So I don't need four deep overs for three touchdowns and, you know, 190 yards passing or anything like I don't need that. I need one. I will take a 45-yard vertical route. Like, that's it. That's that's all I need. Just something to make, you know, make Jordan Poyer think twice about stepping up into the box. Just, just make the defensive coordinator think twice about playing that single high coverage because right now that is the only thing that could stop a well-oiled Chiefs offense from operating and moving the ball right now. All right, so two thoughts. Um, I know, I know it's like a broken record probably to some degree with, with McColl, but what do you like? You like what do you think the point of emphasis is going to be for him this week? And one of the points of emphasis is going to be for this offense this week. Like I know he can kind of be a little absent-minded I think with some of the the details, but at some point like the tape is the tape. The he's got he had to have felt what the that impact could have been on this team. I feel like I feel like you will get a better a better more focused version of McCole Hardman in these situations. What that means I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good enough for him to come down with one or two of those. But I do think that you are going to see a better version of McColl than you saw this week because I think at the point of emphasis will be for him. Like let's let's get this take, you know, let's let's get this taken care of. Let's be, you know, let's be better, right? But also like do you think that you think the Bills are just going to let him run past them either? Like I think you saw the impact of him. Yes, I don't. I do. Yeah. What? Why wouldn't you? Why would? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you hear the counter argument? Yeah. Why would you risk letting Travis Kelsey get one on ones or having a a backup defensive back cover Rasheed Rice based on anything you've seen this year? Why would you take those options over letting McCole Hardman get one on one with the corner and see if your corner can hold him down? And it's not that, like, I'm not talking about with one of these, like, one-on-one situations. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, that vertical element can still be felt enough to help the help underneath stuff, especially if you're playing against zone coverage. You can run stuff underneath them. The Chiefs were running a lot of stuff underneath verticals against the Miami Dolphins, and that's part of the reason they were having some success this week. And so I still think that element is going to do enough to help kind of push things up the field enough to create more space for the Chiefs' two best players in the passing game in Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. So, like, I feel like they're still going to have to honor it to some level, especially, like, they're going to be able to create space underneath that vertical stretch, even though we can have the discussion on, like, they can't ignore it entirely. They're not just going to stay flat-footed on everything and let them run right past them all the time. That's not going to happen. And I think that just, I think people are a little bit more mindful the last couple of weeks, even though the Chiefs didn't hit them. They're probably not happy with the idea of letting that happen to them either. So that's just kind of, and, you know, make the argument that the teams are just going to continue to let the Chiefs try to fizzle out in the red zone too. So I don't know. There's some, there's a lot to think about, I think, if you're the Bills still. I mean, like, yeah, I think you do it. And it, whether the Bills make the, not even just the Bills aspect. McCall Hardman's got to be in there because he does at least make teams think about it. There is a huge gap, and we saw we talked about it a little bit. Um, I did a film breakdown for the KCSN Discord looking at McCall Hardman snaps and just what his speed on the field does. You can't leave a safety to pick up McCall Hardman 
and expect that safety to be able to turn and run with him, which allows Hardman to run a deep over, which allows him to run a corner route in a way that MVS or Justin Watson can't because the safety can't stay flat-footed on McCall Hardman. Like, you just can't physically do that. Now, I don't know if a team at this point is going to respect McCall Hardman enough to just play too high all the time to try to put the umbrella back on the team. But when we're talking like individual matchups and how you play number 12 running at you down the field, whether you're a corner or a safety, you do have to play him a little differently. And I do think that can open up more stuff for him specifically. I think they need to connect on stuff before they start to open it up for the rest of the players. And like, I know they were close. Maybe the Bills see that too. And they say, hey, we can't let them hit that this one time. But man, they still didn't do it, right? And like, they were close, but not that close, right? Is it like any of the balls even hit his hands? So like, you know, they weren't as close as they should have been probably to hitting some of those. So I'm, just, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I do think you got to keep McCall Hardman out there. MBS played less snaps. I don't think that it's a uh, surprise or random that they all of a sudden had a guy getting open on some of these deep shots a little more frequently than, than earlier in the year. So like, you got to keep McCall out there. You got to keep throwing them. It's just you need to hit on one or two of them to really change the dynamic of this game. And if you can't, I don't know, it gets a little tight. Well, and I, I I said this, I think, last week, maybe. The Chiefs have to hit on a couple of these bef- for them to win a Super Bowl. Like, that's going to have to happen. I said that before this Dolphins game, that they've got to hit a couple of these down the field if they're going to win a Super Bowl. I genuinely believe that. And they're going to, I think they probably do have to hit one of these this week if they're going to ultimately uh, beat the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, we're going to be at a watch party in Western Missouri at Holiday Distillery for this game. If you listened last week, obviously we had that, uh, we had to cancel uh, last week's uh, last week's party. We will be in Western Missouri on Sunday uh, at the Holiday Distillery. Mission Taco Joint will be providing the tacos. There will be holiday drinks. There will be games and prizes as well. We're going to give a raffle ticket to everyone uh, that shows up have a chance to win some really cool prizes some more analysis i'm sure will be down the road there the do- doors are going to open at 4 30 and kickoff is obviously at 5 30 so come hang out in western missouri with us uh it's going to be a lot of fun we can't wait so just yeah it'll be a lot of fun there will be um opportunities for you to sign up if you check out all of our social media i'm sure we i think we sent an email out already if you're on the kcsn sub stack if you subscribe to that uh, you probably got an email as well for that. So, um, yeah, sign up and come hang out with us. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun. So, uh, Craig, anything else on offense that you want to talk about before we move on? Or uh, let me try and go back to your points. I had some stuff, and y'all, y'all were just. I'm sorry. I had to make sure points, I really was really excited to, to talk about break. And I, I see how it is. You see how it is. No, um, I, I think the one that that I wanted to get out there that stuck out to me was. I do think some of the intermediate success that we saw this week for Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey is because Andy Reid had those backup Dolphins linebackers in a blender. Like the, there was a lot of miscommunication that occurred in the, at the second level there. They were passing guys off to nowhere. They, it was a lot of miscommunication that was occurring out there. If for whatever reason, if Terrell Bernard's not able to go, Tyrell Dodson's out, Balen Spector's hurt, guess what? There's going to be a lot of potential miscommunication at the second level again. We saw what happens when Andy Reid gets to feast on some of these guys and trust and trying to make them trust the communications out there. If 
for whatever reason. And again, not hoping for any injury here for Terrell Bernard. If he can't go, now all of a sudden, there's going to be a lot of guys that haven't played significant snaps this year that are going to be out there passing routes off to guys that they haven't played with before. There might be some street free agents added to this linebacker room and just got done with all the, you know, the Dolphins and everything like that. So while there is still maybe intermediate success that comes this weekend without a vertical passing game, I'm going to chalk more of that up to Andy Reid just manipulating these guys and forcing them into those mistakes than maybe, you know, hey, McCall got deep and now everybody's open. Terrell Bernard and also Teron Johnson. I mean, if Teron, if Terrell, if Teron Johnson's in concussion protocol, he's got six days to turn around and hit typically in the NFL this year, there's not been a ability to get like these guys have not turned around during the regular season. We'll see playoff. The concussions aren't as severe in the playoffs. Apparently um, see Matthew Stafford last night. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's there's there's a lot there's a lot to address there in in the secondary, and I think the Steelers actually did a pretty good job of kind of you know attacking that intermediate area with all those injuries in this game here that we just got done seeing. So it's definitely something worth paying attention to. One other thing on the Chiefs' offense, and we can move on to defense. Um, I thought they did such a great job trimming the fat in their offense and I that's part of the other thing is like I really want to see them as far as just personnel wise I think continuing to ride with the personnel that they rode in this game and the usage in this game I think Kadarius Tony should probably just sit this one out I I don't really want to see him back involved in this offense I think you ride with the group that you have and I like the group that they have and yeah I I don't want to I think this is the kind of group you build the momentum and you kind of ride the rest of this thing out with personally um so that's just my opinion i think that's where i'd like to see that and that's partially why i'm continuing to clamor for mccall um i think there's an opportunity here or there for him to make a play as well so i think i just ride with this with this personnel grouping um moving forward uh should we talk about the dolphins or the the defense or do you have anything else matthew I mean, we should talk about the defense. We've gone pretty far to the show. I do. I the only other thing I often say is like Trey Smith was fantastic. I think Trey Smith's got not hate, but like people have said this year that Trey Smith hasn't had his best year. Maybe taking a slight re- regression. He was phenomenal in, in this game against the Dolphins. The one place where the Dolphins were still strong on the defensive side was a D tackle. Trey Smith didn't make it feel like it. He was moving. He was moving Christian Wilkins in the run game. He held up really well in the pass game. So like. That was the good Trey Smith. That's the Trey Smith the Chiefs need if they are going to continue to attempt to run the ball throughout these playoffs. Hopefully that continues against another big challenge at Oliver, who has had good games against him in the past. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs fence now. Craig, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, vibes, how you feeling after that game? Farther good. removed. They're still good. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> no. They're the best defense in the, in the postseason right now. Um, Cleveland Browns were terrific during the regular season, came out there and got their asses kicked by the Houston Texans. The other really good defenses that we have seen so far this year have not held up their end of the deal at all. The Chiefs are the only football team that played this weekend. Now, granted, the Baltimore Ravens have been just absolutely terrific as well, but people were throwing the Dallas Cowboys in the hat there and they got their asses kicked just as badly 
at the Cleveland Browns. It's gross. The Chiefs were playing a better offense than either one of those teams on the regular season. The numbers were better for the Miami Dolphins. Houston here at the end of the year looks pretty damn great. But this right now is a defense that they can lean on, is a defense that they can rely on, and is a defense that the Buffalo Bills don't want to see. Buffalo Bills are really good at running the football. This Chiefs team is going to be able to commit more assets to running the football than they have in previous years because their secondary is elite, and they have to be feeling good about their ability to stop some of these weapons, be able to stop some of the stuff that the Buffalo Bills are doing. We got to see it this weekend. Yeah, Legereus Sneed wasn't playing, you know, solo with no safety help against Tyreek Hill. Apparently, they left that for Trent McDuffie. But they it, they did such a great job of shutting down dynamic weapons on the outside, guys that you don't want to play, you know, one-on-one man coverage with no help over the top. They did such a good job of shutting them down time and time again and making life difficult, getting too off of his reads. You know, they, it, again, like we talked about in the postgame, they were in hell. That offense offense was in hell. And this is the only team now that we have seen translate their regular season success on the defensive side of the ball to not just step up in the way that we talked about with Steve Spagnuolo, but even just maintain what they've done. So it's real. Like, I don't don't think that there's any bluffing or anything like that that was there. It's real what the Chiefs defense is doing. And I, you know, and as we see these other elite defenses from the regular season go down, it just makes me appreciate what Steve Spagnuolo does every single postseason even more. I, it's really hard to see this because, like, every year the Chiefs defense does fun stuff, but it takes them a while to find their footing, and then they get a little better, and they kind of hit the playoffs as this good defense. Then the playoffs roll around, and all of a sudden it goes from the Chris Jones defense, or you want to say the Sneed defense, or pick out these players, and that's who the star is, and it becomes the Steve Spagnolo just thing that you can't even <laughs> you can't even describe it. It's just the Spags thing. The issue now is they've been so good all year. They started the year so hot. There was a little lull in the middle of the year as it seemed like they were kind of dealing with a couple injuries, fixing some rotation stuff, playing a little bit more brand so that as soon as the playoffs hit, it could become this Spags thing again. But now the thing is the defense has been so good all year, I think it's easy to forget how much better he gets in the playoffs. I think everyone's been watching this team all year. I don't mean Chiefs fans, but everyone's been watching this team like, oh, Steve Spagnuolo is great. He's doing all this great stuff. Like, one, yes. But also, what if Steve Spagnuolo hasn't been going crazy yet? What if he's not giving you the Spag special game plan specific, you know, schemed up stuff yet, and it's still coming in the playoffs on top of the defense just actually being that good? Early indications? Eh, maybe so. Yep. <laughs> maybe so. So we'll see this next week, what they have cooked up. I think Steve, I think Spags, I, we're not previewing the Bills game, but like it's hard not to draw these comparisons. The last time they played the Bills, I thought he did a great job there. I think he'll mm-hmm. do another thing even more here, especially with the healthier team. And again, especially if he can turn it up, but the stuff they did to the Dolphins was ridiculous. And like, they, the Dolphins quite literally couldn't function. They were throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and still not completing every pass, barely getting positive yards on play. Like it's just. And I will say, hey, look, if those plays, I'm sorry, if those plays had had more zip on them, if if Tua, you know, could 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 throw a ball with the zip, it still wouldn't have mattered. They had them shut down. 
Like they had him, they had him dead to rights still, regardless of yeah. a, a bad throw or not. I'm sorry, that just oh, no. no. Yeah, no, they absolutely did, and they were getting pressure when they rushed forward. They were getting pressure when they blitz. Like they were doing everything right, and the Dolphins' offense was, for the large part, healthy. A couple injuries to the offensive line, sure, but for the large part, it was healthy. The Dolphins and the Bills' offenses are entirely different. They're not the same problems, but they were both very good offenses throughout the year. It's got to make you feel pretty good coming out of this game plan that said, hey, we know how to make these Dolphins team play left-handed. Well, I guess right-handed for them. <laughs> they did so, and it looked like a quarterback was playing right-handed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think one of the things we haven't talked enough about, like I'm appreciating this, is there's so much continuity on this team. You know, so many returning pieces in the secondary and the back seven of that defense. I think is kind of crucial. You see some of the, you know, guys coming into their own, you know, from a leadership perspective, from a communications perspective. Um, I think that's all super valuable as far as, you know, being able to put more on their plate earlier, you know, and we talked about last year, like this team won with a very young defense, a lot of first and second year players. And I think you're seeing the byproducts of all the continuity and guys is coming into their own too, you know, and, this week, I think you saw some guys just play incredible. I think you guys had some... I think some of these guys, like... I think Nick Bolton had his best game of the season. Like, and this was like... This was like the perfect kind of Nick Bolton game, too, especially in the conditions. But, like, I thought he had his best game of the year. Legereus Sneed was... You know, he had an all-pro game, as he has so many times this season. I thought outside of the one play with Trent, I think Trent was awesome. Like, there's so many... Charles Aminihue... Like, you can point to so many different guys in this game and just, like, they were awesome. And it's great to see them peaking at the right time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just vibes are – the vibes are immaculate right now. And, like, I think that's why everybody's kind of feeling the swag surfing. And it's fun, man. Anything else on defense, Craig? I mean, I just – keep doing what they're doing like that that's the thing it, it's really nice to just sit back and know that you're gonna have a pretty rock solid group on, on that side of the ball time in time out you know and so yeah the buffalo bills look really good and they're really dangerous and there's absolutely the chance that they come out and they do what they've done to a steve spagnolo defense before you know it's not like spags has shut down buffalo in the past he's got games where he's played well against them but there's other games that he hasn't. And so it, it's just one of those that uh, this Chiefs team has gone through enough turnover, has seen enough bodies out on the field on defense that I don't foresee another big kind of thing. That 13 seconds game, Tyron Matthew went out very early in that game. I think people forget that. That was an offensive explosion. After that, the middle of the field was wide open for Gabe Davis for the rest of the day. That's not going to happen with this team. I don't see that. Yes, Nick Bolton had, was awesome. Like, he was terrific. He played at an all-pro level against the Miami Dolphins. If Nick Bolton four plays into this game, and I'm using him in the same light as Tyron Matthew, leader of the defense, guy that matters a significant amount for this defense, if he goes down, I still feel okay because they've got a Drew Tranquil. If Drew Tranquil goes down, they've got guys behind him that have played those snaps that have played at a high level. It's not just, hey, we're counting on, I, I forget who mentioned it earlier. Maybe it was Kim, maybe it was Maddie. We're not just saying, okay, Chris, Chris Jones, go take over. 
we really need you to just go take over. You are the the only hope that we have to, you know, kind of kick this over and stop this offense. There are so many pieces of this defense that are so good and need more recognition. And this is the chance right here. They go into Buffalo. They play the kind of defense that they are. Uh, they've got every chance in the world of winning this game. And then after that point, we're going to see a lot of guys on this defense that are starting to get a lot more recognition, not just in the rest of the postseason, but next year when it comes time for award season. Like, this is the one. I, I feel like this is the one that everybody's going to sit down nationally and just be like, oh, damn, those guys are legit, especially after the offensive explosions this week. Yeah, I, I think... Everybody watched the Chiefs and the Bills play this last time, and I think what a lot of people saw were not the Bills necessarily having their way with the Chiefs, but I think people are going to remember the the very few the remember the very few drives that were kind of easy, right? That were kind of easy for the Bills because they they found a good game plan using James Cook out of the backfield, stretching horizontally. Like they did nice things, and I bet they will in this game. But that's what people remember because the Bills won. If you get to the end of this game, the Chiefs win. You were gonna. It's gonna be because Steve Spagnuolo's defense probably did some really crazy stuff again. It did what they did to Josh Allen a couple of the times that they played. Not every time. To Craig's point, the Bills have often had answers, but in the playoffs in previous times or in other games, Spags has slowed him down. He's thrown a lot of stuff at him. Bills only scored twenty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly it. I, I think people skip over that when they think back about that game. They skip over the fact that Bills didn't really score that many points. It all everybody talked one about Kadarius Tony, but then they talked about Josh Allen and the Bills starting this march towards the playoffs, being you know this team that kind of kicked off this run for them. I, I I think this defense is playing at such a high level right now. Everybody knows where they're going to be. The Bills are great. They do a lot of awesome stuff. They don't confuse you as much as the Dolphins do pre-snap to post-snap. They don't do quite as much motion. They don't do quite as many different looks and all this different stuff. And when you see a defense go out against the Dolphins and they're all on the same page on every single level over and over and over again, that matters. Like you can't, you're not going to just confuse them by what you're doing pre-snap. They're not going to be beat because you tried to flex a guy out late or you hit a pre-snap motion to a four-by-one. Like They know how to react to everything that you were trying to do throughout the game. They have guys that are making plays in all the levels. It's not just Chris Jones. George Karloff, this is making plays. Charles O'Minihue, was, it was insane in this game. Both linebackers, all the linebackers, had played their part very well. Drew Tranquil should still play more, but it is what it is at this point in time. The secondary has handled the loss of Brian Cookwell because Mike Edwards is always in the right spot. It seems like it's just... Everybody plays well. They play well off of each other. I do think that this defense is, everyone knows they're good. I think that everybody still sees them, though, as a step down from elite defenses. And I don't know why, so hopefully that changes it. Uh, I think yeah, you saw you saw Bolton and Tranquil on the field together earlier in the game last last time, uh, or this last week, too. So I think you, I, they, I think they, I, they, might, they might pull it out a little earlier. They're doing they might, it. It's there. I think exactly, <laughs> exactly. So like you might get a little, you might get a little, little Bolton and Drew action here sooner than we think. I wouldn't be stunned if we see it this week. I, I think there's plenty. Um, do you guys want to do stip- stickers, slaps, and spirits? We haven't done that in a while. Uh, I want to give. Uh, so in, in uh, game ball, if the if the chat wants to throw a, a game ball out there, I, I know I didn't call for one, but uh, by all means, go out and throw a game ball. I I don't think anybody's gonna pick mine. Uh, my helmet sticker is going to go to Leo Chanel kick returner. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's the only specifically guy, kick return. He's the yeah. only guy. He's the only guy that returned kicks for the Chiefs in this game. Uh, he had both of them. I don't know if they were going after him, but hey, he scooted a little bit. You know, it's kind of tough to be from that middle position to try to get get yardage. He still got 13 yards. Put the Chiefs in some good uh, good field position there. Also down to punt later in the game. Now, sure, the ball was basically stopped, but special teams maven Leo Chanel gets my helmet sticker. Uh, let's go uh, butt slapping a good job from Matthew. What is it? What? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Pinnell stepping in for Derek Nani, who gets an injury. We get Mike Pinnell. Now, I don't think the Dolphins were necessarily challenging the middle uh, of the Chiefs defensive front with their run game. That's not where they're aiming to go. They're trying to hit it outside. But as we talked about in the preview, everything in this game was about turning outside runs back inside. And when you do that, you have to have somebody there clogging up space, making tackles. Mike Pinnell in only eight run snaps, defense snaps. Tied Nick Bolton for a lead. I mean, it's only two, but still tied Nick Bolton for the lead and stops, which just means, you know, tackling the running back for a non-positive play, right? And so I thought he played really well. He ate his blocks. He did a good job when the runs were turned back inside. He was there. Mike Pinnell stepping in, late season signing, stepping in in a big way for the Chiefs. And we'll have to see about Derek Nottie's injury going forward for him. And he's rocking number 69. That's, That's a butt slap number if I've and, ever heard of one. No, and on top of that, every time he makes a play, you know it. Because he is strutting. He is letting you know he made a I love it. I love it so much. I see who the game ball in the chat is going to be, and I was hoping it wasn't. You guys were going to take mine. It was kind of 50-50 there. It's Legereus Sneed for a whole last bottle of bourbon here. Like, it has to be. And frankly, I'm afraid to give it to him because I'm afraid he might shatter it while I'm holding it. He has been so physical and a tone setter for this defense that – I, they needed somebody to do that this year. They needed somebody to step up because too often we have sat back with these Spagnuolo defenses and we've said, man, they need a little bit more of an edge. They need a little bit more of a guy that's going to step up and be a tone setter. Justin Reed certainly was brought in to try and be that, and he has been. I'm not trying to take it away from him, but this defense goes as Legereus Need goes. So when he's up for a game, when he's up, to play against the Tyreek Hill, everybody's up to play against that team. Then you flip over to this week. You think he's going to be up against Stephon Diggs? You think one of the guys that's going to be yapping at him all game long that beat him earlier this season? No, the Jarius thing's going to be up, up, up for this game. Did so, Diggs play in that game? Did he? Slider, I think he with previous games. Maybe he's... No, no, no. He, it was a joke. He did. He just got shut down. That, that's I, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad. far off my game that I... that I. That there was a little curve on that one. Right over my... Was, there was a curve on that one. My bad. Yeah. Whole ass bottom curve. 24. Three <laughs> for uh, Legereus need for just being a first team all pro in my heart. Rasheed Rice had a longer catch in this game than Stefan Diggs had in com- combination in total. Uh, the last time the teams played. Uh, Rasheed Rice is the game ball winner from the chat here on the show. Eight catches, 130 yards, 12 targets, and a touchdown. Should have been quick, two. Yeah, it, sorry, I just want to say real quick, if you guys want to read a little bit more about Rasheed Rice on the KCSN Substack, there's an article coming to you guys tomorrow morning that's about you know Rasheed Rice's development and his importance to this Chiefs offense in the current iteration of it and why he's so important and why it mattered for why, why it looks so promising uh, against the Dolphins and how he was a key part of that. So that's kcsn.substack.com. It will be there for you tomorrow morning. So you got you to gotta make sure you slide on over there and get that sub in. 
And uh, yeah, he should have had two touchdowns, but they called one back on a block in the back penalty in which the blocker was a little bit shoved into. So it's okay. That would have been the only touchdown in the icy end zone too. And it would have been a throw at the line of scrimmage. It is what it is. Anyways, make sure you're subscribed to the KCSN Substack. Make sure you're signing up to come hang out, with, hang out with us at Holiday Distillery in Western Missouri. It's a road game. If you're not going out to Buffalo, come hang out with us. It's going to be an awesome time. There's going to be some limited seats available, so make sure you're signing up early. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come hang out with us. It's going to be great. We cannot wait. We cannot wait to be watching this team play in the divisional round. It's going to be a fun one. The first one where Patrick Mahomes... Uh, will be on the road. So we're really excited about that. That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, supporting us. We appreciate you. We will catch you later for a game preview episode. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.